The Old Testament reading is from Exodus, the 17th chapter. All the congregation of the people of Israel moved on from the wilderness of sin by stages according to the commandment of the Lord and camped at Rephidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people grumbled against Moses and said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt, to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They're almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water shall come out of it, and the people will drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the name of the place Massah and Meribah, because of the quarreling of the people of Israel, and because they tested the Lord by saying, Is the Lord among us or not? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And the epistle is from 1 John, the fifth chapter. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater, for this is the testimony of God that He has borne concerning His Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in Himself. Whoever does not believe God has made Him a liar, because He has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning His Son. And this is the testimony, that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life, and whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. And on the first day of unleavened bread... When they sacrificed the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples said to him, Where will you have us go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. And wherever he enters, say to the master of the house, The teacher says, Where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished and ready. There prepare for us. And the disciples set out and they went to the city and found it just as he had told them. And they prepared the Passover. And when it was evening, he came with the twelve. And as they were reclining at table and eating, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. 
they began to be sorrowful and to say to him one after another, Is it I? And he said to them, It is one of the twelve, one who is dipping bread into the dish with me. For the Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread. And after blessing it, broke it and gave it to them and said, Take, this is my body. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Have you ever attended a party where a piñata was hoisted into the air for the kids? Papier-mâché piñatas are extremely popular and colorful. They come in all kinds of different sizes and shapes. Sometimes the piñatas represent animals and other times superheroes and other times cartoon characters. Sometimes stars or planets or some other kind of object. Although the piñata is hard on the outside, the shell is hard. They're hollow on the inside. And usually piñatas are loaded inside with candy and other goodies. And when piñatas are displayed at parties, the kids usually go wild. They're excited because they know that they're going to pick up a stick and they're going to whack that piñata over and over again, attempting to burst it. And as they do so, the children, they laugh and they scream and they cheer until finally the piñata is smacked so many times that all the candies burst from it, spilling to the ground and, and creating a mad scramble as the kids all try to get as much candy as they can. When Jesus Christ was arrested, his body was beaten, brutally beaten like a piñata. Soldiers pounded him with, his, with their fists. Pharisees and Sadducees squealed with delight as they spat in his face. Flogging ripped skin off of his back. Each insult, each punch, each whip, each nail inflicted more damage to Jesus. But I can't help but think that some of the greatest blows that damaged Jesus was the kiss of betrayal by Judas, the denial of a friend named Peter, the abandonment of the other disciples, being rejected by a nation, and being stricken and smitten and afflicted by his eternal Father. Each blow took its toll on our Savior until 
Finally, when a Roman soldier plunged the spear into his side and into his heart, that something truly that was a treasure poured forth from Jesus' battered body. The treasure was not candy or goodies, chocolate, nothing like that. But an eternal treasure, richer and sweeter to our soul, poured from Jesus' side. What poured forth from his broken body was water and blood. It's only John's gospel that tells us that, but one, that one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side, and as he did so, as he pierced Jesus' side with a spear, there came out blood and water. And John would know because he was one of the disciples standing at the foot of the cross, maybe with his arm over Mary, Jesus' mother's shoulder, and he watched the drama unfold. And it's only John, the Apostle John, who adds this observation later, which we heard in one of our readings earlier from this night, where John writes, this is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree. The early church fathers commenting on this text never wavered in their interpretation of the meaning of John's words. From their perspective, the water that poured forth from Jesus' side signifies holy baptism. And the blood that poured forth from Jesus' side signifies what we celebrate tonight. Jesus' own supper. Both holy baptism and the Lord's Supper are pointless and they're ineffective without Jesus' crucifixion on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. And that is why St. Ambrose, who wrote the hymn, Savior of the Nations, come, indicates that Jesus' body is like a temple from which we draw precious treasures. The piercing of Jesus' side produced incredible heavenly and eternal riches for the church, for you and for me. And these riches never cease to flow. Jesus, like that piñata, absorbed the punishment of the blows. Jesus absorbed the punishment of our sin. For us, he was mocked. For us, he was beaten. For us, he was bruised. For us, he was flogged. For us, he was stricken. And for us, he was smitten. And for us, he was afflicted. And for us, he was betrayed. And for us, he was denied. And for us, he was abandoned. And for us, he was forsaken. Forsaken by his own father. Yes, he suffered and he died for us. 
And as a result, as a result of Jesus' suffering and death on the cross, St. Paul says, we who were dead in our trespasses, God made alive together with Him, having forgiven us all of our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This, these legal demands, God set aside, nailing them to the cross. And He disarmed the rulers and the authorities, and He put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Him. In the hymn, Christ the life of all the living, we sing of Jesus, the beaten one. You have suffered great affliction and have borne it patiently, even death by crucifixion fully to atone for me. You chose to be tormented that my doom may be prevented. Thousand, thousand thanks shall be, dearest Jesus, unto thee. The sacraments of holy baptism, the water, and the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, the blood, that flowed from Jesus' wounded side, literally transfer Christ's love and His forgiveness from the cross, from the cross of Calvary to us today into our time and space. We have heard Jesus promise a couple times throughout this sermon series these words. He has promised, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. I couldn't help but be impacted by those words. For he says of us, out of our hearts will flow rivers of living water. And isn't it interesting that it was actually from our Lord's heart, from our Lord's side, that a river of living water flows from Him through the baptismal font to us, cleansing us of all of our sin, and then that living water continues to flow through us into other people's lives as we proclaim the living word of God's forgiveness in Christ Jesus. But beyond the water flowing from Jesus' side, the church fathers also recognize the connection of the blood to what we celebrate this evening, the anniversary of the Lord's Supper. This table that we come to provides us with a regular, continual, spiritual fountain of God's forgiveness and eternal life. It's not by accident that Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper on the same night that He and His disciples were observing the Passover. For during that meal, they remembered how God passed over the homes of the Israelites who had painted the doorposts of their homes with the blood of the Passover lamb. And now Jesus, the Passover lamb, the Passover lamb, would soon shed his blood. He would soon shed his blood. So that as we eat his body and we drink his blood, 
as we do in the Lord's Supper, that we would receive God's forgiveness. Being assured that God passes over, that God forgives all of our sin. And not only does God forgive us of all of our sin, but as we eat and drink the body and blood of Christ, we receive the life of Christ literally within us. St. John said in our reading tonight, God gave us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Friends, we have the Son. For the Son of God feeds us with His very body and blood that was given and shed for you and for me. And so I pray that we will recognize the priceless treasure that flows from Jesus' side. The water and the blood, they testify, they bear witness to our salvation. The water and the blood are a fountain, the fountain of eternal life. The water and the blood, they bring all the spiritual wealth from what Jesus accomplished to us today. You know, it will always be fun to go to parties and pick up a stick and take a turn at breaking that pinata until it bursts with candy. But what we receive from the stricken body of Jesus produces so much more. It provides us, His broken body provides us with grace, mercy, forgiveness, compassion, and ultimately, eternal life. As you come forward for Holy Communion this evening, I'm going to ask you or I'm going to encourage you to do something that we did a few weeks ago. And that is as you come up to to the altar, to the railing, I mean, and you walk past the baptismal font. I encourage you to stop for a moment at the font. Dip your finger into the water that's there. Remember your own baptism where God washed away all of your sins as you make the sign of the cross upon your forehead. Remember the blessing of the water that flowed from Jesus' side. And then as you kneel at the railing and you receive the wine, the red wine. Remember the blood that flowed from Jesus' side. And be assured as you drink that wine and take it into yourself that Jesus is giving you his life. And you are being assured by Jesus himself that your salvation is complete. Amen. And now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.